You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up I be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus. Welcome to Bethel Lutheran Church in Templeton this morning. We are so happy to have you online. Um, 
participating and um, worshiping with the community at Bethel. I'm Mary Steinweber filling in for Pastor Amy this morning, and I want to thank you so much for welcoming me. So we pray today as we worship, as we sing hymns and pray and think about the word of God, that God would come to us and be our friend, our healer, and our teacher. And so welcome, and we begin our service with the order of confession and forgiveness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. And we invite you to take a few moments of silence for reflection. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Set your seal upon my heart and 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, with joy we celebrate the gifts of your resurrection. By the grace of Christ among us, enable us to show the power of the resurrection in all we say and do. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today we're going to hear uh, from the book of Acts, chapter 4, beginning with verse 32, which is uh, the story of the believers who followed Jesus, who were compelled to live together and share all that they had, a powerful story about neighbor love. And we're also going to be hearing the story of the Good Samaritan. I actually like to call it the Merciful Samaritan. The Samaritans were much hated people um, in the time of Jesus, but the Jews and the Samaritans did not get on. And here Jesus tells a story where the Samaritan, the merciful Samaritan, is the star of the story. I will be preaching today on the Acts passage as uh, for the summertime at Bethel, we are studying the book of Acts together in worship through uh, the sermons. So we're hoping that as you fall in love with the book of Acts, that you will take take up your Bible and read and see what else you find in the powerful scriptures from Luke, who wrote the book of Acts. So let's prepare our hearts for the word. A reading from Acts chapters 4 and 5. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them, and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. There was a Levite, a native of Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. 
He sold a field that belonged to him, then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a man named Ananias, with the consent of his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. With his wife's knowledge, he kept back some of the proceeds and brought only a part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Ananias, Peter asked, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, were not the proceeds at your disposal? How is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You did not lie to us, but to God. Now, when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard of it. The young man came and wrapped up his body, then carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter said to her, Tell me whether you and your husband sold the land for such and such a price. And she said, Yes, that was the price. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and died. When the young man came in, they found her dead. So they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear seized the whole church and all who heard of these things. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalm for today is Psalm number 25, verses 1 through 10. To you, O love, I lift up my soul, my heart, within my heart, in you I place my trust. Let me not feel unworthy, but let not fear rule over me. Yes, may all who open their hearts savor you and bless the earth. Compel me to know your ways, O God, instruct me upon your paths. Lead me in truth and teach me, for through you I will know wholeness. I shall reflect your light both day and night. I know of your mercy, O blessed one, and all of your unconditional love. You have been with me from the beginning. Forgive the many times I have walked away from you, choosing to follow my own will. I seek your guidance once again. I yearn to know your peace. Companion me as I open to your will.
The Holy Gospel for this morning is from the book of Luke, chapter 10, beginning with verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus replied, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when the man saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on him, and then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return... I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you have. So Jesus asked, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the gospel. So good morning once again. I'm so happy to be with you. It is so fun to worship with you and to focus on the scriptures for today, the reading uh, from the book of Acts. So let's pray together. So God, we ask that you would uh, fill our hearts and our homes, our minds and spirits with your love today. Uh, Open us that we might be able to hear your word in a new way today. Refresh us with the power of your Holy Spirit and be our teacher. Thank you for your presence, for your persistence, and for your friendship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the gospel story for this morning is from the great story of the merciful Samaritan who helped the person who had been beaten by robbers. And Jesus tells this story in answer to the question posed by a lawyer, who is my neighbor? This is a well-known story, even by folks who don't follow Jesus. At least people use the phrase Good Samaritan to mean someone who helped another person that they didn't even know, someone who stepped in on behalf of another. But the heart of the story is the question asked by the attorney or the lawyer to Jesus, who is my neighbor? The Acts passage for today is about just that. It addresses the question, who is my neighbor? I'd like to begin by telling you a story of the Exploradores. The Exploradores, a group of late elementary students who lived in poverty near Venice Beach, the Venice Beach part of L.A. 
My husband, Brian, was the leader of the Exploradores as part of an internship project way back in 1982. Each week on Thursdays, he would drive the church van from Trinity Lutheran Church in Inglewood to Venice Beach, where he picked up 10 to 12 Spanish-speaking kids and take them on expeditions around Los Angeles. It was good that Brian spoke pretty fluent Spanish. He was interested in exposing the kids to opportunities they might not otherwise have. For example, they went to museums, they went hiking in the hills around L.A., they went to the library, to downtown Los Angeles, to Alvera Street, they rode the train in Griffith Park, they even went picnicking at the beach, all things they had never done. Well, at the end of the summer, Brian was invited to the home of one of the kids to join them for dinner. The family lived in a garage behind a house with their five children. And after introductions were made, Brian was served dinner, just him. They handed him a plate of food and asked him to eat. And he asked if they would join him. But they said that they only had a few plates and a few forks and the whole family couldn't eat together at the same time. When the fellowship came to an end, the parents gave him a present. They, out of their gratitude and their poverty, gave Brian a present to show love. Who is my neighbor? These people in their poverty were neighbor to Brian. This story of the exploradores came to my mind when I was studying the scripture from the book of Acts. From verse 32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. And from time to time, even those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. The early followers in the book of Acts did such a surprising thing. Jesus did not direct them to live in this way. He didn't commission them to share all of their possessions. But somehow this is what happened. I find this to be pretty amazing, that God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that they must have been so drawn to God and so very excited that God wanted to work in and through and with them that they were so inspirited. I was writing inspired, but the autocorrect was inspirited that even their earthly goods didn't really matter to them. They were alive. They were inspirited, participating in a life that brought healing and joy to others. And they were witnessing wonders and miracles daily. God was adding to their community all the time. Don't you wonder what happened that they decided to share everything? Well, maybe it began with the way that Jesus lived with his first disciples, like an itinerant preacher relying upon the kindness of others for shelter and food. In fact, Jesus began his life born in a stable, 
of someone who offered his family a sheltered place for him to be born. Who is my neighbor? Like Brian's experience with the gracious exploradores, a beautiful exchange occurred. It seemed that the Christian community had an idea that if they took care of one another, they wouldn't have to be worried about what they were to eat or drink or about what they would wear. There were no needy persons among them. Jesus, in the book of Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, says this, Matthew 6, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Perhaps this sharing in community was to alleviate worry in one another, but also to fulfill a new law of love of neighbor. It was an incredibly radical way to live, and it also gave them time and energy to go out to the highways and the byways and tell the good news to others, the good news of resurrection, of new life and new hope. They were no longer encumbered by their material needs and goods. It was a time when the Holy Spirit was incredibly active. There was even a point in the community where people started selling off their land and giving proceeds to the community. There is no doubt that God was at work, but here the emphasis is upon abundant blessing coming through God's people as they sacrifice themselves in meeting the needs of one another. There was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land would sell them and bring the proceeds and lay them at the apostles' feet. No one was left wanting. Then, da-da-da-da, the story in Acts continues with a very strange passage about a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira. A pretty weird and scary story that they, when they lied, they died. And Acts tells the story about Ananias and Sapphira giving, selling their land, just as others had, but keeping a portion back for themselves. Now, that was not the problem. Keeping the portion back was not the problem because no one was compelled to sell their land. The part that was a problem for Peter was that they said they had given all they had, and that wasn't true. And when they lied, they died. Yikes, what a way to grow a church. Come and join us for service. You just might drop dead. Don't worry, come. God is real, and he doesn't strike everybody. (laughs) This is such a hard word to preach on. I'm not surprised it was my assignment as a guest. Why in the world would Luke include this terrifying story in the book of Acts of the Apostles? Is it to strike fear in our hearts when we lie about our giving? A stewardship sermon? Is it to show us that liars cannot and do not prosper? Well, our own daily experience tells us differently. 
Our church is pretty much full of people who tell lies, and yet we live. Well, most of us lie with a purpose in mind. Maybe we don't want to get in trouble. Maybe we are, in fact, ashamed of our behavior and have to cover it up. Maybe it is to protect another person who we believe cannot survive the truth. Pastor Amy told me that she read in a parenting book that a lie is used to try to solve a problem. I suppose sometimes it works and sometimes it delays the problem. So I want you to do an exercise with me if you can, a simple exercise of remembering and noticing. I want you to think of a time when you lied, first of all. Think of a time when you lied. Did you get it? Now I want you to notice how you feel when you think about it. And now I want you to think of a time when you were lied to. You got it? And I want you to notice how you feel in your body when you think about that. Well, I felt pretty icky. I could feel myself making a face, kind of a scrunched up face. I felt both ashamed and angry. Dishonesty does not produce the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, etc. The feeling that my memory of lies created did not resemble the workings of the Holy Spirit. I think this story about Ananias and Sapphira is a story about soul death. I think it is about those times when we trade our souls away for another way, the way of death. God is life-giving, walking with God is life-giving, giving, living, and meeting the community is life-giving, hope, provisional. Acts says that with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of Jesus. It is the resurrection life that Luke is talking about in the book of Acts. When we choose the other way, We cannot live. And perhaps this passage is is about relationships altogether, which is also what the Good Samaritan story is partly about. Acts 4 opens with a story about a community that can pull off love that keeps them living together and providing for one another daily. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love God has given us that we may be called the children of God. This love is explosive and contagious. It has rubbed off on the followers. And we see the destruction that happens when we lie. It slowly kills us, ruins relationships and trust, and is most often self-centered. I think we have some kind of a continuum here. On one end, deep and generous love. And on the other end, death. Well, where will we land? How shall we live? This story from the book of Acts is a powerful one. It can be our teacher. The center of our call as Christians is to live by the new law, the resurrection law. Love your neighbor as yourself. We can find new ways all the time to do that. 
I know that most of us do this ministry of love in our daily lives. It doesn't take much to do the right thing, especially when motivated by the Holy Spirit. When we are presented with need, we respond in love. When God shows up in opportunities to care and serve other people, we are able and do say yes. So let's go out from this place now, inspirited, resurrected to love the world as God has given, the world that God has given to us. Amen.
gold and diamonds and nothing I desire compares with you oh nothing I desire compares with you I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please pray with me. Thank you, God, so much that you have loved the world in such a way that we learn about your love through loving one another. Thank you for the freedom that we have to walk with you to respond to you, and to take care of our friends and relatives and neighbors who we do not yet know. So be with us now as we move in our lives with you at our side. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. on in endless song above earth's lamentation I catch the sweet though far off hymn that hails a new creation no storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth from singing through all the tumult and the strife I hear that music ringing it
finds an echo in my soul How can I keep from singing? No storm can shake my inmost calm While to that rock I'm clinging Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth How can I keep from singing? What through my joys and comforts die the Lord my Savior liveth. What though the darkness gather round, songs in the night he giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging. Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? The peace of Christ makes fresh my heart, a fountain ever springing. All things are mine since I am His, how can I keep from singing? No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging. Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? Go in peace, love, and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.